Los Angeles. Uh, how do you think they got that name, huh? A bunch of Mexicans started speaking Spanish out there. And they were like, fuck, we don't know what they're saying. The whites in Utah really, I don't know. They just are so comfortable in their whiteness out there. These fucking cats, man. These fucking cats. Warming my heart, making me a bitch. Ugh. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the next episode of Joe Kelly's Psychedelic Experience. What is going on with you, my friend? It's your pal Joe here. Just checking in with you on a motherfucking Tuesday, all right? Hope you're doing well, my friend. I hope you're doing better than you ever thought you possibly could be doing, all right? And if you're not, hey, that's a-okay. But you might as well do yourself and everyone else around you a favor. Get your shit together, all right? It's October 2023. War's breaking out all over the goddamn place. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen here within the next year, year and a half, two years. What does the future hold for any of us? Who knows? Who knows? But we can either go one of two ways. You can either not get your shit together or get your fucking shit together, all right? And you might as well, you might as well get your shit together for once in your life, all right? There's no other way to do it. If the world is going to be war-torn and, uh, you know, the dollar collapses and there's no more economy, who do you think is going to be getting all the pussy out there? The people who don't have their shit together or the ones that do? Think about it that way, my friends. Who's going to get the pussy here? People who got their shit together or people who don't? I'm not going to answer the question for you. I think you're smart enough to figure that one out for yourself. Ladies, you want the pussy too, all right? Get your shit together as well. Uh, (laughs) This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Magic Mind. Go to magicmind.com. Promo code J-O-E at checkout. That's Joe, just my name. Get yourself up to 20% off, all right? Uh, Also, thank you to everyone who has signed up and is supporting over on patreon.com slash utilize shrooms. It's a great way to support the podcast. It keeps me going a little bit, you know? If you'd like to join the Patreon, I'd certainly appreciate it. Head on over, patreon.com, utilize shrooms. You get bonus podcasts over there, daily morning check-in videos that you don't get necessarily everywhere else. Sometimes it's the same, sometimes it's not, but there's other shit going on over there. Uh, Also, got some shows coming up this month, ladies and gentlemen. This Thursday, I'll be out in Smithville, Tennessee at a place called The Harvester with my good buddy, Monty Mitchell. I'll also be doing Don't Tell Comedy. It's a secret somewhere in Nashville, Friday the 13th. It's going to be spooky, all right? Also, uh, Friday the... Or, fuck, Friday. Saturday the 14th, I'll be in Mount Juliet, Tennessee at a place called Prost and Riot. And then I'll be headlining in Indianapolis this coming Sunday, October 15th at Black Circle Brewing. All right, come on out to that one. I'll be doing some extra time for you. And then uh, I'll be in, where is it going to be? Albany, New York in November, possibly Connecticut and a couple other places. You can go to joekellycomedy.com for all the upcoming dates and shows. I'll also be uh, back in Michigan for uh, New Year's Eve, the 30th and the 31st in Frankenmuth just a little bit north of Flint. So uh, if you're around then, more dates, more shows coming. It's uh, it's all going to be great. We're all going to have so much fun. It's going to be wonderful. I got another show on the 27th of October, but I forgot. Somewhere in Marion, Indiana, wherever the fuck that is. Uh, if you know, you know. And if you don't, eh, you can find out, all right? What have you been up to, my friend? How has your week been? What's been going on with you? 
Big happenings in the news. I think we all know that. You know, we'll get to it here in a second. I was in Salt Lake City, Utah, having a great time this uh, this past weekend there with Aaron Weber. We did a couple of shows at Wise Guys. Shows were great. Crowds were a lot of fun. Salt Lake City, a beautiful place. Do you know where Salt Lake City gets its name from, people? It's like a lot of other cities. I had no idea this is how the cities get their names. But there's a lake in Utah completely made of fucking salt. There ain't even, there's no water in it. I don't know why they called it a lake. It's just a bunch of salt in the ground. And they're like, well, that's Salt Lake. And it's like, well, it just looks like a big old fucking hole with salt filled in it. So then they named a whole goddamn city after that big, uh, I call it a pile of salt, but they call it a salt lake. All right. It's kind of like how Nashville got its name. There used to be a guy that lived here. His name was Nash and he just kind of ran the town. So then they called it Nashville. So you can, uh, that's how they name cities. I don't know if you guys knew this, but every city that its name came from somewhere and it's usually, you know, like Salt Lake City, it's just a bunch of salt, Nashville. There was a guy named Nash. He moved there. Flint, Flint, Michigan, where I'm from. Uh, basically that's just where, um, that's where they found the most, most Flint, the stuff they put in lighters. That's where all that, that came from was there. They don't have it anymore, but that's you. That's how they got the name. They're like, oh, this shit. You put this shit in lighters, and uh, if you put some butane and a spark to it, it'll make fire. And they're like, fucking a. We'll call this place Flint, Michigan, because that's where all the Flint was coming from. You know, you could figure it out. You could go on and on. Knoxville, very similar to Nashville. There was a guy named Knox out there. His city. He just kind of ran the town, and uh, that's it. Los Angeles. Uh, how do you think they got that name, huh? Bunch of Mexicans started speaking Spanish out there. And they were like, fuck, we don't know what they're saying. And the only words they understood were Los and Angeles. So they're like, Angelos? They're like, no, Angeles. I'm like, fuck, I guess that's what we'll call this. Uh, that'll be the name of this city. So a little bit of geographical lesson to get your podcast started this week, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you guys knew that, but that's how cities... Uh, that's how cities come up with their names, except for Greenland. Uh, but I guess that's a country, right? Fuck. Well, it's not so. I don't know. They say it's, they say it's not so green. I've never been there. And then they say Iceland is not so icy. But I've seen pictures of Iceland. It's pretty fucking icy, you know. But what do I know? United Kingdom. There used to be a kingdom. Is I don't know how united it was. It was a very small, very small area. So it's like, you know, not that much going on over there. Guatemala, they fucking uh, they started mashing up avocados in a bowl and put some onions and tomato and a little bit of lemon juice and some salt and pepper. And they're like, fucking Guatemala, dump some chips in this motherfucker. Chile, you could figure that one out. Bunch of beans, tomato sauce, and ground meat. That's how they came up with Chile. That's, you know, the great flood happened, except Chile, it, it, instead of water, it was just tomato juice and beans. So, you know, a little, just a little, little lesson for you guys to get the podcast started, you know, on a lighter note. Israel, they was fucking, they were like, is this place fake? And they're like, nah, it's real. They're like, oh, fuck, Israel. That's why they called that. Someone saw it the first time, like, this looks like a, a mirage. This place looks fake. It don't look real. They're like, nah, it's real. And I'm like, fuck, all right, we'll call it that then. So, 
You're welcome, people. Don't say I never taught you nothing. Don't say I ain't looking out for you. Next time you're on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or Jeopardy, and they fucking go, how they how they come up with the name Israel? You'll be like, because some guy said it was fake, and they're like, nah, that ain't true. Israel. You're welcome. You're welcome. You fucking idiots. <laughs> Where would you be without me? Where would you be without your old pal Joe? Fucking up shit creek without a goddamn paddle, that's for sure. I gave you a fucking uh, couple oars today and a fucking little six-speed, little six-stroke motor for your fucking shitty boat to get you back down or up the river, whichever way it is you're going this morning. Fuck, man. I'm a great person. I'm a good guy. So that was it. Salt Lake was great. Shows were fun. Uh, The Mormons, I didn't really encounter any Mormons. I hear there's a lot out there, but uh, I saw a lot more Mexicans than, uh, than I did Mormons. And that's a good thing, you know. People keep talking about the border being wide open. And they say, they fucking made it to Utah. I'll tell you that much. They fucking made it to Utah. But they're they're the good ones, you know? They weren't trying to sell me fentanyl or nothing like that. They just, one of them brought me an omelet. And, you know, there's a couple other ones that were vacuuming up the comedy club afterwards. So, good people. Very fun. Great. I'll tell you this about the white folks in Utah, though. Hoo, hoo, hoo. That is a different, that's a different breed of white person out there. They're very nice, but it's just <sighs> something about Utah. And, you know, just being around all the crackers, it's like the whites in Utah really, I don't know. They just are so comfortable in their whiteness out there, you know? And what I mean by that is they're 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 fine being an inconvenience. They're obnoxious to a degree. They embrace it, you know. I uh, I hate the, I don't like the guilty whites either, but I like them a little bit better than the comfortable whites. I'll tell you that much right now. The guilty whites are at least on their toes to some degree, you know. Maybe not when I'm around all the time, but when others are around, if you catch my drift, if others are around, the guilty whites are on their toes, okay? But the comfortable whites, they they know there's there's never going to be a time when they have to be on their toes. So they just get real comfortable being an inconvenience and being a problem, you know? They have their heads up their ass there, I'll say that. I've never seen more oblivious people in my life than at the Salt Lake City Airport. And I've been going to a lot of airports lately. I get that a lot of people have a lot of things on their mind or sometimes nothing on their mind. But the fucking people in Salt Lake City, I've never had more... I ran into a fucking guy. Just He, he just walked... He just walked right in front of me and stopped. He was on his phone and he just fucking took a step and I wasn't anywhere near a wall or where anybody should be standing. I was in the middle of this fucking hallway and uh, walking to go get my bag. And this guy just took a step and just fucking stopped. And I just ran clear into him. And there is a chance that I probably, I could have moved, but I didn't want to fucking tear an ACL or an MCL or an NCAA or something like that, you know? I didn't want to come, come my meniscus to rupture. Because it would have been, I would have had to have been doing some jukes, you know. I would have had to have been a little bit light on my toes there if I really wanted to avoid this guy. So it was just one of those situations where it's like, well, you know, it's like when a deer jumps in front of the car, you go, 
all right, I got two options here. I can either swerve and maybe end up in a ditch or hit somebody else, or I can just hit this fucking deer and take the loss that's going to be me hitting this deer. So that's what I did with that guy. I just ran into him, patted him on the back, and I said, what the hell? And I just kept walking. And I don't think he even noticed, to be honest with you, because these white folks out there, they just don't really know what's going on with anything. They're very oblivious. One guy at the second on the Saturday show, $600 fell out of his pocket and he came back in and he's like, Hey, I think I dropped $600. And like the, the, the manager was like, okay, let's look for it. They spent like three minutes looking for it, but they were still, there was still a lot of commotion going on. People were still leaving the club. So then the guy just left. He's like, ah, all right. And, uh, they found it later, and that guy didn't leave a phone number or anything like that. Just a lot of interesting whites out there in Salt Lake City. That's all I'm trying to get at with this whole hoobla, all this nonsense. They, uh, they just got a lot going on, and they don't have time to be thinking about uh, others. That's why I like the guilty whites a little bit better. Staying on their toes, not too comfortable in their own world. You know, They're worried about inconveniencing other people. Whereas the whites in Salt Lake City, they just don't, you know, that threat of them inconveniencing somebody else isn't out there. So I get it. I get it. I wish I could live in that world, you know. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to not have to worry about anything ever and just be, you know, just have my head up my fucking great white ass. But I don't live in that world, unfortunately. So... You know, live and learn. Something to shoot for. Something to shoot for. Move to Salt Lake City and become one of the, you know, one of the non-guilty whites and be a nice situation. But God, that airport was absolutely miserable. And even the flights, too. It's just like everybody seemed to have a problem finding a seat or getting their bag in their overhead. And, you know, it was just all white people on the plane. It's the only time that's ever happened to me. And you think it'd be the best thing ever. You know, you think, listen, you think it would be okay. You just think it would You go, oh, this would be perfect. I'm amongst my people. This would be the best thing ever. Meanwhile, it's the most awful experience on a plane I've ever had. It was, we, we were, the boarding time started on time, but for some reason we didn't get the fucking door shut until 30 minutes after it was supposed to shut. And I know, I know I sound like a fucking arrogant prick right now complaining about a plane ride. But just in hindsight, you would think, you would think the fucking white flight would be the best one ever, but it was the worst. I'll tell you that right now. Fucking, uh, there was a couple that sat next to me and the lady was putting her fucking shoes on the goddamn chair in front of her. And... It wasn't my chair. I got no fucking, uh, you know, I got no dog in the fight in that one. But have some fucking class, you dirty bitch. You know what I mean? Get your fucking shoes off the goddamn chair in front of you. They're fucking hiking boots with your fucking mud and dirt on them, you trashy broad. Ugh. You know, just on paper. On paper, you think... A plane full of whites would be the best plane ever. But it was the worst. And had the most kids I've ever seen on an airplane ever. 
and you know some guy's lugging a whole fucking stroller on and it's like where do you expect to put that stroller fuck face you're boarding you know he didn't upgrade to board earlier so he's like damn near last all the overhead bins are full and this butt fuck comes on with a goddamn stroller and he's like i don't know where to put it and it's like cuz there's nowhere to fucking put it what the fuck do you think's going to you care you've been holding your baby for the past 45 minutes what the fuck did you need that stroller for to begin with there mr whitey you know I don't, sometimes you just don't understand people. And then you look at the world and you go, why is the world all fucked up? And then you look at the people in it and you go, okay, that's why. It makes perfect sense why everything's fucked up and gone to shit, you know? It's because everyone's a fucking asshole and stupid all the goddamn time and inconsiderate and rude and doesn't think of anybody but themselves. And then they just get on their fucking phones and ignore their fucking kids anyway, you know? I think there should be a rule where you get seven and a half minutes of your child crying. And if you can't figure out how to get them to stop, you put them in the fucking overhead bin. That should be the fucking rule. I know I've said in the past that we just need a separate flight for people with their kids. I think that's I, I think that's the safer option. But I think if you decide to get on a plane with a bunch of adults and you can't control your fucking child. You know what I mean? Give them a fucking CBD edible or something like that. Let them go to bed, you know? Fucking knock them out. Give them a little Novocaine. That just numbs them. Novocaine's not the right thing. What's nitrous? Give them some nitrous oxide, something like that. Seven and a half minutes. And I'm being nice with that. That's me being lenient. After seven and a half minutes, if your kid don't stop fucking crying, in the fucking overhead bin they go, okay? They might shift during turbulence, Not my fucking problem, all right? Not my fucking problem. Shouldn't be my problem. The seven and a half minutes of your kid fucking crying shouldn't have been my problem to begin with, you know? I just, yeah. People with their babies, man. It's your fucking baby, all right? It's your fucking baby. Go do something with it. Quit making it be my problem, you know? And they just sit there. And they just sit there. And they don't do fucking anything. And it's like, Joe, you don't have kids. You wouldn't know how to stop. Uh, You don't know what it's like to try and make a baby stop crying on a plane. You're right, I don't. But also, if I had a fucking baby, I wouldn't take it on a plane. I'd spend some fucking time with it. We'd go on a journey, you know? If it started crying, it would be my problem. I wouldn't make it anybody else's problem. I'd stuff it in my backpack or something like that, you know? That's what I'd do. I'd do it. I said it here first, people. If you see me with a baby and the baby's crying and it's causing you some issues, maybe we're at Applebee's. We're getting a two for 20, you know, trying to get some of that uh, that bourbon barbecue steak or whatever the fuck it is, you know, and my baby's crying. It's it's fucking going in my backpack. We ain't dealing with that shit. Not for the two for 20. Trying to fuck up my deal, baby. And I ain't going to let you ruin everybody else's good time. Because you want to fucking cry and whine the whole goddamn time. Like a narcissistic little fucking whiny baby. I don't like that shit. Put him in the overhead bin. So, while Salt Lake City is a beautiful, fantastic place and the shows were great, the flight was the flights were some of the worst I've ever ever been on. And the airport was trash. And it's just it was, I mean it's a beautiful airport, but just the fucking people. 
just the fucking, uh, the unaware whites, the non-guilty whites. And I used to think white guilt was a terrible fucking thing. And, uh, I mean, I'm certainly not going to feel any of it, but I, I kind of like it when other people do now. I kind of like it when other people feel guilty just because of the color of their skin and things that people did that they had nothing to do with. I kind of like it because, you know, they're still idiots, but at least they're fucking, you know, they're worried about what's going on in the world around them. Probably too worried most of the time, but I like it. I like the guilty whites now. It fucking Salt Lake City changed me. Just that fucking, especially the flight back to to Nashville fucking changed my whole perspective on white guilt. And it's like, yeah, people should have that. Not me. I'm not going to. But other people should because it makes it makes my life more peaceful when they're guilty just for, you know, for things that are completely out of their control. I fucking like it. Now, I promote it. I think you should feel guilty if you're white. All right? I'm not going to do it, but you should. You should feel twice as guilty because I'm not going to. So pick up pick up the slack. <laughs> pick up the slack there, fucking Ralph and Sarah. All right? <laughs> feel a little extra guilt for your old pal Joe. Because I ain't going to do it. But God damn it. I need you to act right on a fucking airplane, okay? Oh, it was all fantastic. Oh, some people were asking for a poof update, ladies and gentlemen. I don't. I feel like I haven't talked about poof in a while here on the podcast. And uh, if, if y'all don't remember, poof is the cat that has been showing up and just pulling at my heartstrings and... Uh, you know, she's still out there. She's she's still sweet as can be most days, you know. Sometimes she does act up, but it's all right. You know, she'll just wander out in the yard somewhere. But uh, as far as a poof update goes, I have a little folding chair that I have sitting on my front porch. And uh, I, I put a blanket underneath it and I put a towel over the front of it. So it creates like a little bed. So she stays in there now. And uh, I still don't really let her in the house just because I can't trust her to not fuck up my shit. Because the one time I did, it was like, hey, come on. I've let her come in a couple of times. But the last time I did, she wanted to start clawing at the couch like immediately. And it's like, nah, we ain't doing we ain't doing all this. But uh, she's good. She comes and says, says hey to me every single morning. I'm still giving her a little bit of food. And, uh, you know, she warms my heart. And I hate myself for it. It makes me feel weak. But I do love her. And she sits on my lap. And she purrs. And she makes muffins. And she'll lick my hand. And she'll cuddle up and nuzzle my face. And it it makes me, it warms my heart. And it makes me feel weak. And, you know, I just don't, I don't know how to feel about it exactly. But I do love her to death. She caught a fucking bird today. I, you know, sorry, there's some violence going on in nature. It happens. Uh, I went to get a burrito from a truck because it's Columbus Day. So I figured I'd celebrate the correct way by going and uh, going to a Mexican truck and buying a burrito. (laughs) And then I came back and uh, she saw me coming up the road. She recognizes my truck at this point. So 
She was on the porch when I left. The burrito truck is maybe six minutes down the road, if that. You know, so I was gone maybe 10, 12 minutes, came back. She sees me coming. She's running from across the street. She's got something in her mouth. And uh, I've never seen her with with another animal. I know she eats shit. I know she's out there fucking killing stuff. I've seen her go after things, but never catch anything. Uh, But she brought it up on the porch and then was meowing. And there was, you know, a half dead bird there. Not trying to bum anybody out. She's still sweet. We can't judge her for her natural instincts, you know, and uh, it's saving me money. I'm buying her food, so I like that. I did think she was pregnant there for a little bit. I honestly did. I thought I had a pregnant cat out there. I was a little bit concerned because uh, usually she'll come and say, hey, in the morning, and then she'll fuck off, and then she'll come back at some point, and then she'll fuck off again, and then she's back in the evening for a little bit of dinner. But there was like a week and a half, two weeks stretch where she she wasn't really leaving. And I felt like her belly was getting bigger, you know. And uh, so I, I looked up some stuff about cats getting pregnant. And they're like, oh, if a cat's pregnant, it'll start nesting. So it'll start staying in one place. And that's when she was really just locked under that fucking chair for about two straight weeks, you know. And uh, so, you know, I thought she was pregnant there for a while. I assumed she was fixed. I thought she was fixed, but then it's like, oh, I, I don't know. She was kind of acting like she was pregnant. It's very, you know, is is confusing for me because uh, I see and she hasn't had a baby, which thank God, because I'm not ready to be a dad. You know, I thought she was fixed, so I, that's the only reason I was fucking her, to be honest with you. So I'm happy that that's not happening. That I'm not dealing with any little, you know, hybrid kittens some fucking Joe cats out there, some fucking weird, wonky, fucking lazy eyed, three pawed cats, whatever. So thank God that's not the case, but, uh, she's still out there kicking it. So if you're wondering how poof's doing, she's doing well, she's still around. She's still sweet most days. And then when she's not, I just tell her to fuck off and she fucks off. And we have a real good relationship in that sense. And, uh, I love her. And she makes me feel like a weak human being because of it. You know, these fucking cats, man. These fucking cats warming my heart, making me a bitch. Ugh. That's not what the world needs right now. The world doesn't need another weak man, all right? We need strength. We need more Joe Rogans and now Andrew Tate's out there in the world. You know, that's what I'm striving for. And then this cat's been showing up, making me a fucking, you know... Uh, goddamn Don Lemon, fucking Don Lemon out there, or a fucking Stephen Colbert or whatever, Jimmy Kimmel crying on TV. That's not what the world needs. We don't need more of those type of fucking guys. And that's what that cat's doing to me. Ah, ah, I'm sorry, everybody. When the war comes to America, I'm not going to be prepared for it because of this fucking cat fucking making my heart fucking weak. God damn it. I'm going to have to fucking, I'm going to have to go overseas to fix this. I'm pretty sure, you know, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) let's take a quick break. Shall we check in with our sponsors? We'll be right back with more Joe Kelly's psychedelic experience. Thanks for being here, everybody. I certainly appreciate it. 
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Magic Mind. Now, what is Magic Mind, ladies and gentlemen? Magic Mind is a matcha-based energy shot infused with nootropics and adaptogens designed to crush procrastination, brain fog, and fatigue. Basically, if you're feeling a little bit groggy in the morning, if you're tired of feeling those coffee jitters that uh, get you up but seem like they drop you right back down to where you were in the morning, sometimes an even lower place, do yourself a favor and try Magic Mind. I've been using it for, God, over six months now. It's absolutely changed my morning routine. No more brain fog in the morning. Gets me up, gets me going, makes me feel centered. And uh, I'm drinking way less coffee too, which, hey, ain't it a bad thing. Not only for your brain, for your teeth, everything. We could all use a little less coffee. And my favorite thing about Magic Mind is there. Uh, there's absolutely no crash. It's become my favorite part of my morning routine, and uh, I can't recommend it to you guys enough. Go to magicmind.com, use the promo code Joe at checkout, save yourself up to 20% off, and uh, see if you don't like it. It's done wonders for me. I think it will for you as well. Magicmind.com, promo code J-O-E at checkout, and uh, try yourself some Magic Mind, my friend. You won't regret it. And now, let's get back to the podcast, shall we? Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed that brief message from our wonderful, wonderful sponsors here at Joe Kelly's Psychedelic Experience. So, what a what a strange weekend it was, huh? As uh, the world continues to maybe lose its mind, or, you know, maybe it's just always been this way, or what the fuck ever, but, uh, you know, I don't fucking necessarily know what's going on, but... Uh, you know, I don't think war is, uh, <sighs> I think we, most of us have a very skewed perception of how war works. Uh, I think most people, when it comes to wars, we almost live in like a comic book, fairy tale, uh, professional wrestling sort of aspect of, of what war is and the fact that there's a good guy and there's a bad guy and the bad guy's trying to hurt the good guy, and the only way that the good guy can win is by hurting the bad guy. And I think that's a very simplistic view of war and the world at large. And, uh, you know, I don't think we ever truly understand what goes on with these fucking, you know, these mass attacks and these wars and, and shit like that. And... uh you know, especially if you live through 9-11 and you have any recollection of all the misinformation and lies that, you know, that uh, followed that event and the wars that were started after that. And, uh, you know, I think that should give you some kind of perspective as to how the world works now. So... Basically, anybody who was alive and wasn't an infant in in 2001, in September of 2001, if, uh, if you haven't gained any perspective of how war works or how media and governments will twist and lie and, you know, simplify uh views, I don't know, simplify things to us versus them and bad guys versus good guys. And I got no, I got no fucking hope for you. And obviously what's happening over in Israel and, 
you know, Gaza and Palestine is terrible. It's been terrible forever. And, you know, people, uh, massive bloodshed is never a good thing, you know, especially, especially at this point in the world where everything does seem so chaotic and confusing. And, you know, it seems like, uh, seems like we just came out of the lockdowns of the pandemic. And, you know, I know it's been a, you know, three fucking years now, but it doesn't seem that long ago to, you know, jump in some Russian Ukrainian conflict. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the pullout of, of, from Afghanistan was pretty messy and sloppy. And then to jump into the Ukraine thing, even though we're not there, we're still fucking pulling the puppet strings on it. It's a UN thing. And we're, you know, we keep sending more and more money over there. Our government does the U S government. And, uh, there's a, uh, now it's gotten to the point where I think everybody is catching on to the fact that, you know, all the money that we're sending to Ukraine to fight Russia is sort of a money laundering scheme to the point where I believe the Biden administration has come out and said that they are going to, uh, rather than continue to, uh, fund Ukraine, they're going to release a one and done package because so many people are getting tired of it that they're just going to send like a hundred billion dollars and they should be good until 2024 is the idea because people are getting tired of it but uh it's all a big scam and a big scheme and you know they're uh using poor people as pawns to do their bidding of whatever it is you know and uh i don't think this israel hamas thing is necessarily any different you know, I don't know. I'm not over there. And I know there's been with Israel and Palestine, there's been a there's been shit going on with them for a long, long time regarding borders and territory. And that's just how human I mean, that's just human beings. We've, you know, we're territorial creatures. We have been for forever, you know? Maybe not I yeah, I was gonna say maybe not forever, but yeah, forever. I don't think we've ever lived in complete peace and harmony worldwide, you know? I feel like there's always been someone who's gotten a hair up their ass at some point and is like, I want to take their shit, you know? So, uh, you know, I'm not picking any sides in it, but there is, a, you know, there's always... You got to follow the money, people. Where's all the money and the weapons coming from, from both sides of it? Because, you know, it's like... Uh, so Israel is one of the United States allies. We do send them, you know, money and, and stuff to help them out. And then, you know, you hear about the uh, uh, Iran funds Hamas. Meanwhile, the U.S. sent $6 billion over to Iran not too long ago. So, you know, you got to <laughs> you got these things have to come into question. We can't just go, it's good guys and bad guys. Because at the end of the day, it looks like it looks like people are the same people are funding both sides of this conflict. And I think that go I think that happens more often than not. But nobody talks about it and nobody wants to accept that, you know, that that might be the real thing. Nobody wants to pull back the curtain. It's like with wrestling. We all understand that they're just portraying characters of good guys and bad guys. And really, Vince McMahon is paying them both. There's not, you know, there's no real war. There's no real conflict. They just make it seem like it. And this, you know, this isn't professional wrestling. People are dying and being murdered and killed 
and you know it's 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 a very violent conflict a very very bloody and violent conflict that's going on right now but putting a fucking flag on your profile picture ain't doing nothing people it ain't doing nothing we have to look at what what the shit really is and when you see these things where you know, there's money flooding into both of these organizations or countries. Hamas technically isn't a country. It's possibly a radicalized group of Muslims that hold somewhere between like 83 and 87 percent of the seats in parliament in Palestine. But they don't they aren't necessarily the Palestinian people. And then, you know, you, you were looking at Israel, too, which, you know, their hands certainly aren't clean in all of this either. But you can't say that because then you're viewed as a terrible person and, you know, anti-Semitic and all this and that. And it's, man, it's such a simplistic view of looking at the things rather than going, what the fuck is really going on? Where are these people getting their weapons from? You know, Israel has a pretty sophisticated military and I think defense sort of system. I think they I think they have a pretty solid military. So the fact that, you know, these uh these people, Hamas was able to basically take fucking go-karts with fucking fan boat propellers into fucking Israel. It it makes you question it makes me it makes me have some questions and go what the fuck really happened. It's the same thing with like the 9/11 stuff, man where we spend millions and billions, we spend more money on military and defense, and we have NORAD, uh, what is it, the North American Aerospace Defense fucking system or whatever. You know, we have all this shit that we spend money on, and then the time that it comes where we really need it, it just happens to fucking fail. It just happens to fail. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of weird shit going on going on that day in particular. I don't know enough about this Israel-Hamas conflict. But I do know uh, it, on 9-11, people, and the, the conspiracy theory, you can think whatever it is you want. I'm not trying to hear to lecture anybody or fucking convert anybody. But uh, they were doing, NORAD was doing defense drills involving uh, hijacked planes on the morning of 9-11. So when the actual planes you know, showed up on the radar and they're like, we have hijackings. The people who were in charge of the radars were so confused that uh, that they didn't know which ones were real and which ones were fake. So that's why, you know, that's why they couldn't get to the planes fast enough. So whether or not that was intentionally done or not, that's up for you to decide because there's argument for both sides of it that it's just ignorance and, you know, it just happens to be a failure. But, uh, you know, there's also there's also a chance there was an intelligence leak and maybe the hijackers had uh, knowledge that the fact that there were going to be exercises ran on that same day. So they picked the day that they knew they'd be able to get the job done. It depends Dep whatever you want to think, don't fucking take my word for it. You know what I mean? But I'm a little bit more uh, cynical and skeptic. I have a little, I'm a little bit more skeptical towards these things, you know? So, uh, 
you know, and then of course, every, you know, even after 9-11, they come out and they go, we had no knowledge of it. We had no idea. And then, you know, and then a fucking year later, it comes out that Condoleezza Rice was like, no, uh, yeah, we did. We actually had a memo in August that said bin Laden was planning to attack the America, you know, so. And they also couldn't. And then Bush came out and said nobody could ever have imagined uh, running planes into buildings like they were missiles. Meanwhile, they were running exercises for that same exact scenario that fucking morning. So all I'm saying is with this war shit and what's going on is it's all terrible. It's all tragic. Uh, it's 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 a fabric of being a human being too. As much as we don't want to admit it, it's it's part of who we are just as human beings. Territorial, bloodlusting beasts at the end of the day, you know? But uh, I don't think it's as simple as the good guys versus the bad guys. <sighs> and if nobody, if if we could go through life without anybody dying ever, wouldn't that be a fucking great existence? But unfortunately, that's not the case. And... uh Maybe you do have to pick a side. I don't know. I don't know. It's just very, uh, what is a fucking, just kind of a wild weekend. Just took over the news, you know, and then you just hear people talking and, and it's just wild how, you know, as soon as something happens, everyone's a, an expert on geopolitics and fucking, you know, pandemics and mass diseases everyone who's been sharing tiktoks and fucking you know goddamn burger recipes they go look at these burgers with instead of buns you use hard-boiled eggs and all of a sudden they're an expert on fucking war and i'm you know and here i am fucking rambling on and on about what i think war is and this that and the other and uh, maybe i'm no different or any better i spend a lot of time talking about buttholes and dicks on here so <laughs> who am I to say? But uh, a lot of those people, I think, have a very simplistic view of what is going on, you know, and it's just crazy how people will just jump on board and pick a side. And I'm not here to pick any sides. You know, I think it's a terrible thing. And it's I think it's fucked up. And I think uh, there's a book called The Grand Chessboard written by a fellow named Zbigniew Brzezinski, who uh basically started Al-Qaeda in the 80s in order to uh in order to finish the collapse of the Soviet Union and uh you know so when i think about that and you look at all this shit that's going on with the wars and Ukraine and Russia and Hamas and in Israel now it's like man oh man oh man these are definitely chess moves by somebody. I don't think it's just fucking two countries going to war with each other. There's some shit going on, people. There's some shit going on. And how do you figure out what's going on? You follow the fucking money. You follow the fucking money. And then you realize, fuck, America is essentially funding both sides of this conflict in a weird way. So... Figure that shit out for yourself. And then you got to go, well, who owns America? Because we all, as we all know by now, it's certainly not the American people. It's not you and I. So who's, who's, who's going to come out on top from all this shit? 
the people who the military uh, uh, companies, the people who make the bombs and the planes and everything, they keep cash and checks, you know. Follow the money and you'll figure out the answer to all this shit and where it's actually going to go. But, uh, you know, terrible, man. It's a fucking terrible thing that's going on right now. And uh, I hope people realize that it's not as easy as the good guys versus the bad guys. And there certainly are some bad people. No, I can't deny that. You know what I mean? There's certainly bad people, I think, on both sides of every conflict. I don't think any any side is necessarily in, inherently good. And then there's inherently bad, you know. Because that's what that's what Zabig, you can find the video of Zabig Nubrzinski talking to these Middle Eastern people, Al-Qaeda, at that point in time. And he's like, you guys are fighting on the side of God. He's telling these people that, that they're fighting, you know, for God. And uh, really, it was, uh, you know, just a uh, just a move on the chessboard in order to uh, in order for America to gain to become the main superpower in the world. That's what it was. So but you preach to these people that they're fighting for God. And uh, if they are devout people, that's all they need to hear. You know, anyway, very interesting weekend in that sense. Very fucking interesting. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing, people. I don't know. I don't know any more than you do. But it's just interesting how simplistic we make everything when it's clearly not that. It's clearly not that. We've lived through this shit long enough. We've been lied to time and time again about these massive fucking conflicts, these massive wars, and people keep towing the same fucking grown fucking adults who have been through it for the past 20 fucking years, had the wool pulled over their eyes and keep getting fucked in the ass day after day, and they just bend over and take it again and again and turn a blind eye and go, I don't know nothing, and oh boy, I hope the good guys win. And it's like, man... Man, the good guys never win, people. The good guys don't win. Not down here, not on earth. Clearly they don't. (laughs) But it is what it is, you know. I don't know nothing. Hopefully it all works out, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, man, it seems like it's creeping more and more towards that World War III shit, you know. Because if this uh, China and Taiwan thing pops off, that's it. That's going to be it, people. And just with the religious history of uh, of Israel and everything that goes on over there, this one seems a little bit heavier than the others, you know? I don't know. I don't know. But as soon as that China-Taiwan ship pops off, that's it. That's World War Three, And, uh, you know, it's... it's you know, what an interesting time that will be. And no one's going to win. No one's going to come out on top. There will, you know, the people who run the world will. The people who are funding both sides. The people who want to destroy fucking everything. And it's just crazy how as soon as, you know, this war pops off over in the Middle East, everything, everything people have been talking about here disappears. All of a sudden, there's no more border invasion. There's no more, you know, crime in the cities. All of a sudden, you just stop hearing about that shit. And everyone's just talking about this thing that's thousands and hundreds and thousands of miles away. 
and uh, no more Taylor Swift at football games anymore. People weren't even talking about that. It was all about the war. So fascinating shit this weekend, people. Fascinating shit. Make sure your ducks are in order. Make sure you're taking care of your family and yourself out there because things are going to continue to get interesting, as they always have and always will continue to be. The world's never been a sane place, I don't think. I think we're all brought up in a fairy tale for the first 18 years of our lives, most of us at this point in time. And uh, the reality of the world is shocking. And I don't think it's any different than it ever has been. Again, I don't think there's ever been peace and harmony worldwide ever. I think that's a nice fantasy. It's something to think about. But there's always been tribalism and people going to war and wanting to expand territory and this, that, and the other. So, you know, the best case scenario is you just have a bunch of hard motherfuckers in charge of these territories. So it keeps everybody in check. Because once somebody's weak and slips up, that's it, man. That's it. When you got a fucking a bunch of lunatics, everyone's afraid. Because they know. They know we're all fucking lunatics. And if we make a move, the other the person we make a move on is just as fucking crazy as us. But as soon as that fucking lunatic senses a bit of weakness, they don't give a shit. They go, oh, that guy's a pussy. Fuck him. We're going to do whatever the fuck it is we want, you know. And that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at right now. Got a fucking soft, <laughs> mentally ill fucking president too worried about eating ice cream. So the world's going to shit in a handbag. But I think it's planned. I think this is exactly what some people wanted for a very long time. But uh, what do I know? Let's get you the animal video clip of the week. Get you on your fucking way, shall we? Oh, man, this one, this one's a great one, people. A fucking fantastic one. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it looks like, I can't remember the exact setting of it. I should have watched it. I watched it this morning. I should have watched it again before I fucking turned this shit on. But uh, I think it's a, a crocodile on the road or something like that. It's not, uh, it's not in a swamp or where you think a crocodile would be. And uh, some fella decides he's going to be fucking Steve Irwin. And he's like, he's fucking with the croc, you know? Did the crocodile hunter do more harm than good for the masses? Because, you know, his his whole goal, I think, was to educate people about wildlife, you know? But really, I think what it did was it made... He made it seem like fucking with Crocs was a real easy thing to do and that anybody could do it. That's what it seems like. So this fucking guy in this video thinks he's a fucking crocodile hunter and he's doing the thing where he fucking, you know, he's putting his hand above the crocodile's face. And uh, I've, if, if you've ever watched any crocodile documentaries, what you, if you're... You can swim with them or whatever, but if you get underneath their bottom jaw, it's like, I don't think they can bite you that way. For whatever reason, they can only lift the top or the bottom or some shit like that. So if you come up underneath them, you're less likely to get bit. And that's what this guy's trying to do. But he's dipshit and doesn't exactly know what he's doing, right? And I'm going to be honest with you. He held his own for about 25, 30 seconds against this croc, right? And uh, at some point, he fucking fucks up, and that croc just latches onto his goddamn thigh and starts 
shaking back and forth. It doesn't rip a chunk and he doesn't do the death roll. I wish it would. I wish it would have clamped on his head and just ripped it off, to be honest with you. You know, that's while I wish there was peace in the Middle East, I wish more people who were fucking with crocodiles would get what's coming to them. We should send these fuckers over there, put them to war, fucking idiots. But it's just a great video. It's so much fun. Quit fucking with stuff. And again, it's a fucking guy. Anytime they're doing that shit, it's all to try and show you what a big, strong man they are and trying to get a little bit of pussy. Use some charm and some humor and a little bit of wit. You don't have to fuck with a crocodile unless the crocodile's coming for you. And then you fucking stand up to the croc and then you get the pussy. But you don't get no pussy by going, you see that crocodile? I'm going to go fuck with it. That's dumb. And if you do, they, listen, that ain't going to be pussy you want, all right? That's going to be pussy that's going to burn your house down at the end of the day. So keep that in mind, fellas and ladies. Ladies like pussy, too. I'm not trying to be a bigot here on the podcast. <laughs> not today, anyway. We'll save that for next week. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the podcast this week, everybody. Hope we had a little bit of fun. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Magic Mind. Go to magicmind.com, promo code J-O-E. Save yourself up to 20% off. Also, thank you to everyone who has signed up to the Patreon. Listen, guys, if you want to support me, you can do it for as little as five bucks a month over at patreon.com slash utilize shrooms. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, and just thank you even if you even if you don't sign up for the Patreon. Fucking thank you guys for listening and thank you for your comments and your kind words. Uh I love it when you guys check in and say hey and give me your feedback on these episodes. I really do. Whether it's a comment on YouTube or a direct message from Instagram or Facebook, uh if you want to email me, the email address is always in the description of this podcast. Even if you just want to talk about something that's got nothing to do with this podcast, man, reach out to me and I'll fucking chat with you. If you got something going on in your life and you ain't got nobody to talk to, I'm all ears for you, brother and sister. All right. I love you. And I thank you so much for uh, just listening and being here and hopefully having a little bit of fun with me. Also, I will be having some shows this week, October 12th, this Thursday, I'll be in Smithville with my good old buddy, Mr. Monty Mitchell, a podcast favorite. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll get a special episode in with him. That's going to be at the Harvester. I'll be in Nashville, Tennessee on Friday the 13th for Don't Tell Comedy. It's a secret location, but those shows are very fun and uh, always just a hoot. I'll also be in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, uh, this coming Saturday, the 14th at Prost and riot. All right, come through that one. And then I'll be headlining in Indianapolis Sunday, October 15th at Black Circle Brewing. And then I'll be in Marion, Illinois, October 27th, the day after my birthday at Celebrations Event Center. I'll be headlining that one as well. So if you're out and about that way, come through. I'll be doing some longer sets and, uh, and slinging the ups. All right. Before you get out of here, do me a favor, all right? Take care of yourself and take care of somebody else. I'll catch you around real fucking soon, all right? Later, my friend. <laughs>